Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, here with Aaron Keller. And today, we are lucky enough to have the Swiss Army Knife, we'll call him, of the game division, Cody McKee, our big game staff specialist. Welcome, Cody. Well, thanks for having me, Ashley. I appreciate that introduction, too. (laughs) You really are. Yeah, we had a great conversation about what that actually means, and uh, I I think it is sort of like this... (laughs) (laughs) we were trying to figure out your job and what your job is exactly yeah it's kind of like i do a lot of different things but maybe not a lot of different things well so uh right now i have uh responsibilities for elk and and now that we have a small moose population starting to establish in the state i've sort of taken that under my wing a little bit and then also when i first started with the game division i was in charge of data management and managing all of our caller data and trying to put it into a uh, organization that is is usable and and we can um, get that information out to people that we work with and our our own agency personnel so like you said you do a lot and the reason we wanted you here today is you mentioned that small moose population and i'd say a month ago we posted that video on facebook of a moose walking through what looks like a sea of sagebrush and it went crazy people started liking it and everyone was asking moose in Nevada. They think it's crazy. And then people started sending us pictures. Like, and hey, videos. we saw a moose here or there. And so it got us thinking about how we could kind of turn it those. into a citizen science project for you to now deal with as the Swiss army knife of the game division. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, and how wild is that? I mean, how many videos have we gotten of moose in the state that we've posted and, and shared on social media? And this one, for whatever reason, just like caught fire and uh you know it's really interesting you know you see a moose crossing through a sagebrush flat it's hard to say where he's going i have no idea what was on his mind at the time <laughs> that was the biggest question is we what feel like is he you doing need to know exactly yeah um, remember he's mediocre at everything uh, cody yeah, is yeah. so he's oh. not gonna know that Don't maybe i should take that back maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe i would i think you need to take maybe that mediocrity back. isn't the right word to describe it <laughs> he's but, an expert yeah yeah so uh, you know, we've had uh, off and on observations of moose in the state going back to the 1950s, really. And for whatever reason, over the last 20 years, we're, we're getting them more frequently. And it's probably in part of an exta- expanding moose population coming in here from southern Idaho. I think you also can't discount the fact that we have things at, at our fingertips now all the time, cell phones and and Wi-Fi. So, people are out there and they see him and, and we're getting that information almost immediately instantaneously. And so there's a little bit of a, of a, I think um, relationship between those two things, but we definitely can't discount the fact that there's probably a growing moose population in Elko County. Right. And so I think another thing is like you said, the cell phones, people are able to take a video or a picture of it and send it to us. And it's not just a rumor, right? right. It's, it's an actual yeah, so you can you can verify it. I mean, in the past, you might have people mistaking an elk for a moose or, or maybe a cow. I don't know. Who knows how far away you're seeing it? Maybe you're right. not familiar with seeing moose. But 
if you can take a picture for us and send it to us, you know, we know right away what you were looking at and we can take that information, um, log that in our own data systems and help kind of use that to give us a more clear picture of what exactly moose are doing in the state. Okay. Yeah. And for us, we, when we put out the call, right. Mm -hmm. So we posted the video and then we said, we want to see your pictures and video of moose. I would have bet money that we would have gotten some random photos or videos of other things other than moose, but we didn't. Mo- yeah, they're pretty we clear didn't. pictures. They're very the good pictures part. and very good videos and, and date and time stamped, and it's pretty cool to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, hey, that's a, a testament to the Nevada outdoorsmen. I mean, they know what they're looking at when they're getting these pictures and sending them to us. I, I don't know, like – like all those people are, I'm, I'm sure they're very excited when they see it. I've yet to see a moose in Nevada, go figure, uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least live on the hoof. Right. And uh, so we're uh, definitely happy to have this information. And I think the more that we can get the public to help us, um, the easier it is for us to kind of plan our management activities going forward. And I do want to get into the citizen science project that we're doing and what people can do a little more. But first, could we talk a little bit more about what we do have here in Nevada as far as moose go? Boy, I don't know. That might be pretty <laughs> it's tough. tough. Yeah. It's well, where tough. are we no. at with it? <laughs> well, you know, moose are typically associated with kind of riparian habitats and corridors. And, and I do think that a lot of our pictures that we get, you tend to see them associated with um, like willows and water. And so within Nevada, those types of habitats are, are pretty limited. Um, you don't typically see them crossing through big, expansive sagebrush flats, but videos like this kind of, kind of show that there are always exceptions to the rules. And it's not uncommon to see that kind of activity, even in other States where there's more, Um, productive moose herds Uh, you know one thing to note from this particular video is it is a wintertime wintertime activity they're less tied to water they have lower water requirements you know I can't tell you the exact number of gallons that a moose has to drink in the daytime in the middle of the summer but as you can imagine in 95 degree weather uh, 1200 pound black bodied animal needs a lot of water and so you can't make those kind of big movements without knowing where your next water source is going to be. Um, as far as what we think the population is here, moose are his, like, very difficult to uh, survey and inventory. I mean, if you talk to other states, I mean, generally, um, because they're not very social animals, they tend to be in very small groups. They're hard to kind of go out and hop in a helicopter and go find them. Um, So we're kind of using the best available information that we have to come up with an estimate. And and I tend to to err more on the side of caution when I say how many moose we probably have, which I think it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 50 animals. Um, You know, you may see a more precise estimate, and it's all within within that range. Um, But we definitely don't want to give the... um, the idea to to people that we are we're spot on we know exactly how many right. how many of those animals we have oh well, because you only have we only have so many that 
Right. It's, it's so hard. When to you tell. think right. about it, thirty to fifty. I mean, compared right. to our other the other wildlife, that's not. And, not and we don't know. I mean, how many of these observations do we get are of the same animal? You know, they do. There, there does tend to be some trends of along popular roads where there's a lot of lot of activity. I know in particular a place in northern Elko County where there's one moose that tends to be observed frequently, and right. we get a lot of information about that one animal. And so it does make it kind of tough um, when you have these animals. They're typically one animal at a time uh, hanging out in a very in, in an area that's pretty similar year-round, and then you have multiple people finding it. So just because we have 100 moose sightings doesn't mean that we have 100 moose exactly. in the state. And and I think that was one cool thing that when we when we did get the video and we posted it or we decided to post it as like the citizen science project is we said, well, it's a great time to be outside. There's a lot of Nevadans kind of roaming the hills, northern Nevada. And let's see how many we get back. Right. Yeah. And we did. We got we got quite a few private messages, great videos, great pictures. And they're for me, I was surprised they were kind of spread out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, and I, and I, I think going back to my earlier point about having phones and and Wi-Fi, I mean, you know, not only is that aiding in our sort of overall number of moose observations we have, but it also kind of lends itself to the citizen science type activity where we can ask people to give us information. And, and when we get a photo, that's a, a lot of times, especially if it's geo reference, I mean, that's a right. very, very, valid observation that we can log ourselves and, and use going forward. And actually you were coming into my office so that we could go over all of our observations. And then we were like, why not make this a yeah, podcast? Yeah, people are interested. So I yeah. mean, that was our most popular post of 2018 on Facebook. Right. Um, people just are very interested and curious in moose, anything moose. People just love it. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of a, just a unique situation in Nevada. I mean, we have certainly been very active in the way that we manage our big game species. I mean, mule deer, elk, bighorn sheep, and mountain goats. I mean, they have a very long history in Nevada of um, reestablishing populations, trap and transplant. But with moose, it's been this sort of naturally coloni colonizing species. And that's very, very, very unheard of here Um in the course of man wildlife management history for big game. So phones are playing into how we're getting more sightings. Mm -hmm. And, but as far as the increase in, is there actually an actual increase in the population? Would you say? I would, I would say yes. I mean, what level that increase is, I think at this point, you know, we're still learning about moose. We, we have some projects in the, in the back burner that we'd like to get going in the next few years. Um, one thing that I do know is, and, conversations with our colleagues with Idaho Fishing Game, um, the moose population in the South Hills, so that's kind of down southeast of uh, Jerome and Twin Falls, that herd has been growing and expanding. And that's where we're, where we believe that these moose are kind of starting to trickle into northern Nevada. And as they trickle in, you know, there's, um, you know, cows and calves and bulls that come in and then eventually a, a, a breeding self-sustaining population is established here 
you know, what I really like to see from observations are observations of cows and calves, because that tells me that there's um, actual production going on within the state. And at this time, we do get we do get periodic reports of calves. I, I'd certainly like to see a lot more going forward. Right, and in the past, we've gotten the bulls. Yeah, photos of the bulls. But this year, and with the Citizen Science Project, we got cows and calves together with bulls. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in September, we got some videos of bulls and cows together, which I think anybody listening knows what that means because <laughs> that's their that's their mating season in September. So yep. Um, so this spring you should it have means babies. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to go out and see, you know, big palmy bulls in the field. Right. And, and, you know, that gets a lot of sportsmen excited. But as a biologist, the part that should be getting people excited are seeing cows and calves. I mean, bulls tend to be uh, more more um, uh, nomadic, especially during the breeding season. They can travel long distances. And so, um, you know, our early observations were bulls. And right. now we're starting to see um, the more productive uh, component of uh, big game herds. Nice. Well, still have more to talk about, but we'll get to that right after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, Aaron Keller and I are joined by Big Game Staff Specialist, Cody McKee. And we are talking about moose in Nevada. And we were talking about the citizen science project we started because we had so much feedback from the public, um, just getting videos and pictures. So let's talk about what we're doing with this. Um, We've started a citizen science project. Yeah, so I I guess... You know, saying that we just started it is a little bit of is a little misleading. Right. Uh, again, we've been recording these observations going back several decades, and and I I would be remiss in not giving credit to what our biologists and our Elko um, regional office have been doing. They've they've been the ones that have been collecting this information over time, recording it, and maintaining kind of a long term moose distribution or moose observation data set uh more recently however we kind of discussed this idea of well let's use social media and really increase our footprint and what we're in in our ability to get the information that we want and to be a little bit more engaged with the public and people that are so it's two-way street right absolutely yeah i think and i think that people now now with social media i mean it's it's really great that they can provide information, but we can also provide feedback or we could take their photos and share it. And all of a sudden their small group of friends has now become statewide. Right. Um, so it's, it's fun to engage people in these kind of things. The one lady that sent us the video even made the news. So that was exciting for her. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't love to be on the news? I know. I mean, she wanted it shared. We shared it and then the news picked it up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then, so what are we going to, so at this point we're asking people to send us their videos and pictures. We'll get into the specifics and a little bit of what we want, but what are we doing with this information at this point? 
Uh, you know, again, we're we're recording it and cataloging the information. Um, we've been able to see that over time the, the trends and observations are increasing. Um, once we take that information, we can build distribution maps to kind of get an idea of where are the areas that these observations are occurring more frequently. We can then focus our own activities, like aerial surveys, for instance, on those places to kind of get a sense of what is the local moose concentration look like. Um, you know, from a helicopter, we have, have the ability to try and identify um, the total number of animals versus, you know, the sort of repeat observations that we right. might get from the public. Right. Okay. So we're basically going to organize this information, map it out, and then you had mentioned some future projects. Yeah. So um, it's kind of in the back burner right now. I was hoping that we might get it a little bit more traction. Uh, but I think that starting next calendar year, so probably starting in 2020, we're going to be able to try and get out and maybe put a few tracking collars on moose in the state and kind of get a sense of how far are they moving? Where are they going? What are the areas that they really like? Um, you know, one question that we do have that we can't really get from these citizen science type projects is, are moose coming down into the state and then turning around and maybe going back to where they came from? I don't think oh, that's, that's the true. case. Um, but this does give us an idea of, of that. And then we can also find some of those critical corridors for movement, like what places are they uh, using to get down into places like the Ruby Mountains where we've had observations of moose. Um, so those are the kind of things that we can do with those types of projects, as well as using those in the future for uh, like uh, directed search surveys. So if we have tracking collars on an animal, we may be able to go out, relocate that animal, and see if it has calves with it or if it's with any other type of social groups. Okay. Right, and covering large areas of land all in the same flight, too. Oh, absolutely. So Yeah, yeah. And, and then you have to think about, well, we, we may have a herd of, let's say, up to 50 moose in the state. Right. And, and the area that they cover is almost Elko County. So think about that density for a minute. I mean, we, we want to go out and do these collaring projects. But at the same time, I mean, the sort of... Uh, cost to benefit ratio there is is skewed in one direction and so um, getting out and putting collars is going to be really an opportunity opportunistic type activity so if we're doing other activities um, say we're going to do an elk capture somewhere and we happen to see a moose we would um, capture that moose um, collect biological information um, make sure that it has a clean bill of health and and then put a tracking collar on it so it will kind of start as like you said it's when you get the chance to do that you'll do that yeah yeah, and, and and then hopefully the the type of information that we get sort of helps uh, clear up the picture of moose in the state and then kind of help benefit future projects. And, you know, I mean, it's all part of us managing this new species and learning about this new species and being able to, to, to tell the, the, the general public about what they're doing. Right. For me, I mean, even with the information that I have kind of in the building, right, and it's been eye-opening to see how spread out the moose are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just during the break scrolling through the Facebook kind of messages and there's, I mean, they're all over Elko County. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the things that uh, our colleagues in Idaho kind of told us a few years ago when we met with them is you'll be surprised where moose will go. And we're seeing that right now with this distribution. They've, they've covered a lot of country 
to get to where they're at now. And you know that didn't happen overnight. Right. But you said they're all over Elko County from the pictures we're seeing, but that could also just be the same moves. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You know, that's what we're, that's what we're <laughs> And that's where those callers will come in handy, right? <laughs> um, and so hopefully, again, here in a year or so, we'll be able to, to kind of get this project kicked off, and maybe we can come back and have a conversation about, well, what the heck are these guys doing? We'll definitely keep updating public on this because clearly they're very interested and it is interesting it's exciting very interesting it is moose in nevada you know and it, it, <clears throat> going back to just the overall the excitement of the general nevada and about this i mean i'm excited i think it's really cool to have a species like moose kind of making their way into the state on their own um it's it, it's really a unique situation right so just at this point we're just Collecting data, just kind of rounding up observations of moose and just trying to get our feet under. Absolutely. Just a, just a clear picture of where are moose at, um, trying to nail down that number as best as we can, although right. it, is, it is very difficult to, to get a population estimate of moose. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, where might they go in the future? Have they... Have they sort of maxed out the available habitat in the state or there's still places that we might expect them to go. And then what's that uh, composition of the herd? Is it heavily skewed towards bulls? Um, And if it is, that probably indicates that a lot of the activity we're seeing is just this dispersal from neighboring states. Um, But are we seeing a lot of cows and calves? And if that's the case, then then we know that this is a a self-sustaining herd that has, has activity breeding activity going on within the state right so people can so right now we're asking people to send in pictures what information do we need yeah so you know pictures are worth a thousand words right um but at the same time we need to know when those pictures were taken where they were taken if your your photo isn't geo referenced Mm -hmm. um any other context that might be beneficial um, were you able only, were you only able to take one picture of, you know, a group of five moose or, um, was there something other, something that also was relevant to that photo that we may not just see in the picture? I think that that's always helpful. Right. Um, and with that sort of general information, we can use that going forward as, um, information to understand the distribution. Uh, we can also use it to kind of validate previous observations to see if maybe we're seeing the same moose over and over again mm-hmm. or if it's a if it's potentially a new individual okay and then so we're asking for facebook messages so anyone who doesn't already follow our page follow us on facebook send us a message and if you don't have facebook endow info at endow.org um, yeah we'll email sure. them in yeah <laughs> put them in the snail mail i mean snail uh, mail mail knows? them to us yeah go yeah. down <laughs> i mean i think the you know and you print your pictures out and uh, write a little note. I mean, whatever. Write us a little letter. Whatever you have to do to get that information to us, we'll appreciate it. And and I know that here in Reno at our headquarters, we'll gladly take your your observations. Our Elko office, um, they have more hands-on experience with with the moose herd. And so if you want to give them a call and, and report those observations, we'll be happy to take them there. 
um, just get it, get it, get that information to us. It's, it's valuable. Because right now after this podcast, which we were about to do in the first place, we're going to go and take a look at all that information. So it is going somewhere Absolutely. and it is being used. Absolutely. And I mean, kind of going back to my Swiss army knife, uh, data, <laughs> data is the reason that I started in the game division. And so I'm excited right. to take a look at what people have sent us. And, you know, if you sent us information, we may be reaching out to you to get a little bit uh, more clarity on your observations for sure and that was one of the cool things about facebook is as soon as it somebody sent something in we were able to say thank you and we're going to pass this to our game division so yeah. we can compile it and we'll get back to you yeah it yeah because there were some really cool pictures and videos and time of year and things like that so yeah yeah absolutely and and uh you know maybe we'll share that on our page going forward or yeah, put it together we'll in some moose management plan if we ever create one <laughs> yeah the uh the photos and videos that came in were awesome yeah there were some really high quality photos of moose or bulls that were pretty cool to look at so yeah i mean I, I might have to reach out to those people just so that i can go and find moose in the state <laughs> since i still <laughs> yeah. haven't seen one yet i know i want to see one right yeah. i think we're just going to organize like a big like field trip we'll just take That's everybody out in the bus and, <laughs> and find one of the, find some i so. was gonna tell you you needed to let me know when this stuff is happening so yeah. we we'll and i will there. tell you that we because this project was so cool and there was a lot of um positive feedback that we got from it other biologists have come to us and said they might want to start a citizen science project with other species so anybody that's listening we might be doing more of these type of observation type citizen science projects moving forward so keep an eye on our facebook for that information and i mean if it gets big enough like this one we'll do a podcast on it so keep yeah. an eye on our soundcloud keep an eye keep an eye on nevada wildlife yeah right? i mean no observation <laughs> is too uh out of the ordinary or too ordinary for us to be interested in it right it's very true well, thank you so much, Cody. It's an honor to have the Swiss Army knife of the game division here, <laughs> yeah. and we can appreciate it n enough. And thank you for, um, I mean, we're actually working together to put this information somewhere, so it's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's kind of a highlight of our agency is that we are constantly crossing division boundaries to meet our overall mission and um, for sure, better Nevada's wildlife. Exactly. Well, that does it for today's Nevada Wild. Thank you, everyone, for listening. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife. <laughs>